Welcome to day 248 of Shaped by the Word. I'm Paul here with David and Katie and Matt as uh, we continue our journey through the prophets uh, together. Uh, we begin the book of Ezekiel, which opens in a, a grand and a fearful way with the introduction of four creatures whose wings, you know, touch each other and you have another wing that they cover their body with and they have faces of an eagle and of an ox and of a lion and of a human being. They're looking in all directions uh, and uh, they represent all of you know, creation. So you have a scene of God's majesty and it's not you know, a, a vision that's in the temple like Isaiah's uh, vision was in the temple. It's a vision that's on the banks of the Kabar River, uh, which means that God is saying to uh, you know, Ezekiel, I am powerful among you no matter where you are. I am sovereign and reigning in glory no matter where you find yourself. So we pick up uh, with uh, verse 12 in chapter 1 as we continue you know, to enlarge upon uh, the vision that we were introduced to in the first part of the chapter. For we read, uh, yesterday we prayed that we would have a vision of God. Uh, you know, we always pray when we come to God's Word that God would use His Word to stir our affections and, and stirring our affections to set our, our hearts and our minds on Him so that we might enjoy Him and serve Him and accomplish His purposes in, in the mundane and in the, in the rich things of our lives. So we offer ourselves in the moment to the Lord. Uh, Katie, you mind lifting us up as we read? Let's pray. Father, would you um, would you set our hearts and our affections on you, Lord, as we read your word? Um, God, would, would our time together um, reading your scriptures um, would it would it be um, what our hearts need? Um, of course, we know it is, um, but would we would you soften our hearts to hear from you? Um, and Father, would you? Would you use us? Would we not come to your word hoping to find um, things we can try harder at and do better at and check off our list? Um, but would you help us to rest um, rest in you, God, and rest in the work of Jesus and um, in, in knowing our identity as your children? God, would, would we be compelled by your spirit to love those around us, to um, to do good works, by your work. Um, I pray all this in Christ's name. Amen. Ezekiel 1, beginning in verse 12, and we're again speaking of the creatures that uh, we referred to in the reduction read about yesterday. Each one went straight ahead. Wherever the Spirit would go, they would go without turning as they went. The appearance of the living creatures was like burning coals of fire or like torches. Fire moved back and forth among the creatures. It was bright and lightning flashed out of it. The creatures sped back and forth like flashes of lightning. As I looked at the living creatures, I saw a wheel on the ground beside each creature with its four faces. This was the appearance and structure of the wheels. They sparkled like topaz and all four looked alike. Each appeared to be made like a wheel intersecting a wheel. As they moved, they would go in any one of the four directions the creatures faced. The wheels did not change direction as the creatures went. Their rims were high and awesome, and all four rims were full of eyes all around. When the living creatures moved, the wheels beside them moved, and when the living creatures rose from the ground, the wheels also rose. Wherever the spirit would go, they would go, and the wheels would rise along with them because the spirit of the living creatures was in the wheels. 
When the creatures moved, they also moved. When the creatures stood still, they also stood still. And when the creatures rose from the ground, the wheels rose along with them because the spirit of the living creatures was in the wheels. Spread out above the heads of the living creatures was what looked like something, something like a vault, sparkling like crystal, crystal and awesome. Under the vault, their wings were stretched out one toward the other, and each had two wings covering its body. When the creatures moved, I heard the sound of their wings, like the roaring of rushing waters, like the voice of the Almighty, like the tumult of an army. When they stood still, they lowered their wings. Then there, were, there came a voice from above the vault over their heads as they stood with lowered wings. Above the vault over their heads was what looked like a throne of lapis lazuli. And high above on the throne was a figure like that of a man. I saw that for, uh, I saw that from what appeared to be his waist up, he looked like glowing metal, as if full of fire. And that from there down, he looked like fire and brilliant light surrounded him. Like the appearance of a rainbow in the clouds on a rainy day, so was a radiance around him. This was the appearance of the likeness of the glory of the Lord. When I saw it, I fell face down, and I heard the voice of one speaking. And Isaiah, of course, had a you know, similar experience as uh, he went into the temple and saw a vision of the Lord who was high and lifted up. And, of course, when he saw the glory of the Lord, he fell on his face. And so the call of Ezekiel is very similar to the call, you know, of, of Isaiah that results from a vision of the Lord and of his grandeur and of his glory. A little more specific, you know, in Ezekiel and the details, you know, here are, are quite explicit about the moving of the wheels and when they would move and how they would move. And, uh, you know, it's hard to you know, grasp everything that these visions may have in mind. But the whole idea is that uh, God's sovereignty you know, moves with him and goes wherever his people are and is there for his people. So there's the idea of the ever-present nature of God's power and his majesty and, and his sovereignty. You know, the images are provocative, too, and just the, the fact that what we see, you know, the one that's on the throne is like light and, you know, fire. And you begin to think about that even in the context of just the story of the Old Testament. You begin to see that that's one of the primary ways the people see their God, you know, is you see him as fire. Even when Moses goes up on the mountain to meet with the Lord, it says oh. that it looked like to the Israelites that the mountain was on fire. Oh. You know, and he leads in with a pillow of fire. So, just those imageries, those images that the you know Ezekiel is giving us here to really capture our attention and you know display to us the the grandeur of our God is is pretty breathtaking. And just the power of fire and the power of lightning and the sound. I mean, it sounded like the tumult of an army. I mean, just so much power. Right. And even just the picture, I just absolutely love this picture of metal that is glowing because it's so hot in the fire. I mean, I picture that and then fire beneath. It's just um, this glow and this power. Um, it's frightful, but also um, just, yeah. I, I just think about how scared we get with lightning, just simple lightning. And... Um, and then I just think, how much more then is this moment for him? It's crazy. No, it's hard for us to you know, wrap our um, our minds around how awesome you know this you know this uh, 
vision really is. Uh, we usually so speed read scripture that we don't really let it soak in and put ourselves in, in the place where we are, you know, seeing what Ezekiel, you know, saw in, in the circumstances in which he, he saw it as he's on the side of the river a long way, you know, from home, probably longing for home and longing for, you know, things in the way that they used to be. And then you, you, you find this unbelievable, you know, vision of the majesty of God, you know, present, you know, there. And that's something that our hearts need because, you know, I, we get stuck in that, that thinking of like, well, you know, God, yeah, he's awesome and big, but not like that much more awesome and big than me. I'm, I'm, I'm a pretty big deal. And, you know, we, we, we think that sometimes and they just, we need these visions and, and these looks to be, that's what I've been thinking the whole time we're reading. That. I'm like, my goodness, like, this is crazy. This guy is so beyond me. I can barely even understand this guy trying to describe it, you know, and let alone how he felt to see this and to yeah. experience the overwhelming nature of God. And and that's something my heart needs, but I find I, I, I don't have that enough. And this is reminding me, like, man, I need to be reminded yeah. time and time again of, of how big and grand of our God really is. Descriptions very careful and very detailed, and yet at the same time, uh, unable to, you know, capture everything, you know, that, that he had seen uh, in, in that. And this is not the kind of, you know, thing you, you see a vision and you turn, you know, the person around and say, oh, wasn't that cool? Mm -hmm. This is the kind of thing that throws you to the ground with your face, mm -hmm. you know, to the ground. And, and, of course, we talk about God in, you know, both his imminence, his nearness to us, which is a cause for worship, you know, that uh, we know him personally, deeply and intimately. Mm -hmm but also his transcendence and our worship should also encompass oh that he is holy and grand and and and, and fearful you know not in a you know not in a not in a negative way but in a in a way that is uh also brings us you know to worship and there's a beautiful you know picture of worship and you have to like the contrast you know you have the description of these uh cherubim which is unlike anything we've ever seen however when you look above on the throne, you know, which is just this kind of large gem platform, you see one that's very familiar to us. He looks just like us. And uh, what a beautiful picture, you know, of, you know, the incarnation. And, of course, uh, Ezekiel describes it. He said, this was the appearance of the likeness of the glory of the Lord. Mm -hmm. and, and, of course, we know in Hebrews that, uh, you know, uh, the writer of Hebrews uses these words. He has the exact likenesses and representation of the glory of the Lord. And so we see kind of this pre-incarnation picture of the one who rules on the throne as, as well. And then the the image of the rainbow is so cool because, you know, we see the rainbow in Noah um, and and even just in our, even in our hearts, we it's as a common grace, even someone who doesn't know the Lord is in awe of a rainbow. And, but those who do know the story of um, scripture and God's covenant with Noah, um, it's so meaningful to us. Um, and it points to his grace, uh, points to his mercy and his promise that he would never judge the, the world in that same way. Um, and so just picturing just this idea of his peace, um, and his, yeah, that he's brought peace by by his son it was yeah. pretty cool. And, and that's you know kind of uh, 
you know, a gentle image in the middle of all of these right, uh, really, craziness. Yeah. you know, awesome you know, images, uh, which is, you know, a nice, you know, nice uh, combination of, of his grace and his, you know, ju- judgment, you know, coming together as well. So there are, there are great images and there's, there's probably a lot more here than we'll ever realize or ever, ever fathom, but it's a vision of God's, God's glory, but uh, more than that, it's a vision with God's presence with His people in whatever circumstances uh, they find themselves in, and we are deeply, you know, comforted by that. David, do you mind closing us with a word of prayer? No, let's pray. And Father, how how good it is for us to to see you and behold you, um, to fix our gaze on you, and we ask that when we do that, that you would graciously meet us, uh, renew us, restore us, give us a love and an affection for you because father you are great and holy and mighty and deserving of all praise and may we be a people who praise you often we pray this all in the name of jesus amen